Welcome to the Agency Profit Podcast, a show dedicated to going deep space on agency operations, which is just as nerdy as it sounds. I'm your host, Marcel Petipoff. I'm the CEO of Parakeeto, a firm that helps digital and creative agencies measure and improve their profitability. Join me as I interview some of the smartest thought leaders and agency owners in our space and go deep into operations and metrics and all the other things you need to get right so you can spend less time worrying about operations and more time executing on your vision. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Agency Profit Podcast. I am joined today by a 20-year agency vet, started his first agency in 97, spent the next 20 years building and exiting multiple businesses before transitioning to becoming a consultant and coach where he's been helping over 100 agencies in the last four years grow from anywhere from zero to one, getting their first clients all the way to exiting and selling the business. Tim Kilroy, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. I'm super excited to be here. Thanks so much. This is this is super. I'm fun. excited to have you. We got put in touch, and I've, of course, I start researching you and consuming some of your content, and I'm really excited about today's discussion. Uh, before we dive in, though, I want to make sure you have a chance to, in your own words, explain what you do and who you serve. So, I work with agency owners who are in the midst of making changes. So I, I typically don't work with brand new agency owners, and that's mostly my fault. I can't slow down enough to sort of explain things. But what we really do as an organization, we create a frame, frame individualized frameworks so that agency owners can make better decisions, um, get make those decisions in the right sequence so that they experience growth that is significantly more than and significantly significantly higher and faster than they would have been able to do it on their own. Tim, I want to dig into two things today that I think are particularly interesting um, in your perspective. You have a wealth of knowledge that I want to tap into today. 20 years of experience right. running. Yeah, so you get to say I'm another. old. It's okay. Wisdom, wisdom, my friend. <laughs> five more coaching agencies you've seen the inside of a lot of businesses there's one framework that i think um is worth sharing and i think will pr prove as a, a good reference point for today's episode which I, I love it's your four w's model i'd love to quickly go through that yeah. so the audience is in tune with what that is what are the four w's why are they important yeah so so before be, before we we tell you what the four w's are let me tell you why they exist this is is essentially a really simple decision-making framework. So any decision you're thinking about, if it enhances one of your answers to the four W's, you should do it. If it doesn't, I'm not gonna say that you shouldn't do it, but you probably need to think about it a whole lot more. So this is just really, if you can't draw a bright line between what you wanna do and one of these answers, it, it bears more consideration. So the four W's are amazingly simple and, and they help everything from customer acquisition through, uh, through frankly, through acquisition. And they're, so who do we serve? What do we do? What's in it for my client? And why, why me or why us? Why should we be hired? And it's, and the reason why these are really, they seem like really simple questions. Right, so who do we serve? 
and people will say things like, I serve small businesses, and that's great, that's awesome, but as we just talked about, that's 97% of businesses. What makes you relevant to any of them? If you're trying to serve mm-hmm. all of them, and you're trying to serve everyone, you're effectively serving no one. Um, and so as you think about your service and your and your offerings and the kind of tools you invest in, the kind of people you invest in, do they help you sharpen the definition of who you serve? If not, then you probably need to carefully consider, you know, should, should I, uh, uh, this is a perfect example, uh, an agency that I bought a while ago, uh, we do lead gen for, for uh, SaaS and agencies. And most of our clients are sort of, you know, uh, uh, VP of biz dev or founders who are looking to grow, um, not, not necessarily rapidly, but grow through quality engagement. Hmm. And our clients are really very sophisticated about marketing and business development. So as I'm thinking about the people that I need to hire for this lead gen agency, I could go cheap and hire a bunch of uh, folks from the Philippines to do this stuff. But that doesn't help me serve the people that I need to serve because I need somebody who has significant experience and significant awareness of what's happening in a particular market. So just who do we serve? That informs my hiring. And so it's really simple. Who do we serve? What do we do? So, And what do we do, by the way, is, is not something that you answer like we do paid search or we do lead gen, you know, you want to talk about the impacts that you have on your business. You know, we help companies grow through uh, making, you know, uh, making, you know, client acquisition easy, or we help companies grow by increasing their profitability, or we help companies grow by, you know, uh, creating a great recruiting pipeline, whatever it happens to be. You know, it's not just about a, a single metric or the thing that you do. Typically, you are helping your company accomplish a goal. And as, a, as an addendum to the, um, the, the, the four W's, um, we also have our clients answer this, you know, uh, create their big, hairy, scary marketing statement, which is, um, which it's not my framework. I stole it. But you know, basically, um, you know, we help company type accomplish desirable thing without having to do undesirable thing. You know, not not a revolutionary framework, but yeah. you know, um, you know, I help um, agency owners in transition accomplish dramatic growth without them having to make all of the mistakes that I've made. So we've got, we've got who do we serve? Yep. That's the first W. Yep. Who? And really what we're saying there is, I think this is an, I, I want to double click on that for just a moment because we've talked about this a lot on the show. I think people get far too obsessed with the semantics of a question like that. It doesn't even really matter 
who you serve. It matters what problem you solve. And then you're working backwards from the problem to say yeah, who it, has that problem. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Um, so, so that's the first W, right? Is the who, who, who are we adding value to because there's a problem that gets solved. Yep. And the second one is what do we do, which is really how do we solve that problem in a way that we can clearly articulate. Then we go into the next W. What is I, that? What's in it for my client or prospect? Um, as marketers, as agency owners, you get very excited about the stuff that you do. You know, as a, uh, if you build websites, you can understand the intrinsic value of image compression as a way to accelerate page load speed. And that is awesome, but nobody cares at all in any way, in any shape. What they care about is something like, you know, my clients are going to have a great experience when they come to my website. That's what they care about. They don't care about the, the, about image compression. So you need to understand not the things that you do, because that's just a laundry list of tasks. You need to understand the impact of those tasks, of those things, of that expertise that you have on your client. And so what's in it mm -hmm. for them? By the way, this is also a big part of thinking about what you do as service. And and I intentionally phrased the first question as, as whom do you serve? Because an agency is a service business and there is an element of serving, you know, of of you know, sort of helping people accomplish goals that maybe uh, frankly don't have a whole lot to do with you, you know, their business growth. Their success, depending upon your business model, may or may not have any impact on your business success. But because you are choosing this model of service, you need to know that you're serving people. Therefore, being able to show them the impact of that service is really important. So that what's in it for them is really crucial because you need to be able to show that you understand your prospect or client business. Excellent. So we've got number one, who do I serve? What problem am I solving? Number two, how do I serve them? Or what do, what I, do, do? I do? Which is how, how do I solve that problem? The third uh, W being what's in it for them? What benefits will my client tangibly achieve through the things that I'm doing? And finally, why me? Why am I the best in the world at this thing? Let's unpack that one, Tim. Um, I can tell you by, by the time we get to this question, Almost every agency owner that I've ever worked with says, I don't know. Like, I have no idea. <laughs> like we do that. Like we do Facebook ads. A million people do Facebook ads. Well, that's cool, but you've got to figure out why you are right for the people that you serve. And I want to throw a, a related concept at everybody. Um, so, so many people in the performance marketing world are focused on return on ad spend or return on investment. I want to throw a new metric at you, return on understanding. So the more deeply you can understand your client's business, the better return that you are going to get on your relationship with them and vice versa, their relationship with you. 
And the reason for that is because you understand their business, their stressors, you know, their business model, their wrinkles, their fears, their, uh, you know, their opportunities. And the more deeply you can understand that, that's why you, because you understand them. And so really focusing on how the stuff that you do really impacts your clients and how you can contextualize all of the opportunity that you see into a way that's meaningful for the client, that's why you. And that's really, really meaningful. As a matter of fact, I think the, 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 the why me part of it is, is arguably the most important thing to be answered. Do you want some free resources to help you measure and improve your profitability? If you do, then I want to tell you about our agency profitability toolkit, which you can grab absolutely free in the show notes or by heading to parakeeto.com forward slash toolkit. It's packed with training videos, cheat sheets, templates, and all kinds of other great resources to help you start measuring and improving the essential metrics that are going to drive better profitability in your business. And it's helped thousands of other agencies around the world do the same. So I want to encourage you to go and grab a copy of that. And if you'd rather get in the fast lane and just have our team of experts guide you through the process of measuring and improving your profitability, then I want to encourage you to apply for a consultation at parakeeto.com. But with that, I want to thank you again for tuning in. I hope you enjoy the episode and I'll let you get back to it. That I, There's a saying a mentor of mine likes to say, he goes, when you can describe your customer's pain better than they can, that's when you win. You get their attention. It's the ultimate hook. When you can describe what they're going through in a way that they haven't been able to do before, you immediately have their attention. And I think you're so right. That understanding is what clearly sets you apart because to the client, like there it's, it all comes down to risk aversion, right? Like who is most likely to get me to this outcome? And if you can clearly articulate, you deeply understand their position, what they're going through then that dramatically impacts the level of trust that they have that you're going to be able to get them to the outcome that they want. Big nuggets on this one. Four W's, Tim. So I want to transition into uh, the next kind of part of this show. And I I wanted to cover the four W's because I think we'll be referencing them quite a bit. And it reinforces a lot of things that we've covered various times throughout the show in different parts. I love that mental model. Let's talk about transitions. One of the things that we had discussed briefly coming into the show here was that agency owners have to go through very distinct transitions through the life cycle of their business. And this is something that I have seen repeatedly. Um, The challenges that an agency has at eight people and what they have at 20 to 25, what they have around 50, like there's all these very specific, very observable patterns and where they get stuck and why they get stuck. I want to unpack with you what those kind of key sticking points, those key transitions that you've observed over the years have been. Yeah. Uh, so the the scenario that that where where these problems occur the most frequently are when you have a founder, an agency founder, who is a founder because they're good at something. You know, they're good at Facebook ads or good at SEO or whatever, and they've got some sort of expertise. Um, and so they think they're starting an agency. Right? That's their, that's what they call themselves. You know, it's Tim's agency. Great. Um, and as it turns out, they're not starting an agency. They're consulting. 
And so they are, they're doing the thing that they know how to do really well for other people. So instead of it doing, doing it for a single employer, they're doing it for multiple employers. Great. And that is a fantastic model. Some people call it freelancing. And at some point, you get enough work as a freelancer, as a sort of super freelancer, that you think like, oh, holy moly, I need some help. So then you add some people who do the less, less sexy parts of what you do. Great. But it's still all focused on you. And the helpers are probably behind the scenes and not doing anything that's client-facing. And this is where many, many, many agencies get stuck because the founder or the, the head of the company gets really, they feel like nobody else can serve their customers the way that they do, that they have to be the client contact. They've got to be, you know, they have to approve all the work before it goes out the door, you know, and, uh, this is a place where people end up, you know, where they end up hating their agency because it's a job that just takes from you. It doesn't, it never gives back. And so you get worn down, worn out. And then you're thinking, well, my, and then when things go wrong, you think, well, my team is stupid or my customers are dumb or whatever. And when people get to that point, they often raise their hands. And it might be somewhere between, say, twenty dollars and $30,000 a month in revenue. And, you know, their life might be pretty good, but, you know, they're thinking, like, this business sucks. And they need, they need the perspective. They need the understanding that, they, that the agency isn't about them. You know, the, and this is the, the mantra of, of my earlier stage group coaching, which is uh, the job of an agency CEO is not to create happy clients, but rather to create teams and systems that create happy clients. And this is a huge, a huge, huge piece of work that it's sort of the ultimate filter. Like if you if you learn that, that lesson that as a CEO you're supposed to create teams and systems that create happy clients, then you can grow. But if you fight against that learning, then you're gonna stop growing. And by the way, there's nothing wrong with stopping there. Like you can build a business that pays you really well, delivers great value for your clients, and you are completely happy doing the work all the time. Can't take a vacation. There's a lot of people for whom like that is the definition of a success. And if that's you, awesome. Don't do anything because the next step you have to take beyond that changes what you do. Because when you realize that your job is to create teams and systems that create happy clients, you are no longer the best doer of whatever it is you do. You have to turn into the leader, organizer, and protector of the doers of what you do. So it doesn't. So at that this next stage where you are creating teams and systems, it's helpful if you understand the intricacies of what your team does. 
but not necessary. So you, but so because you are taking that step into where, where the organization is your project, not the client work. And lots of people can't make that transition and it's okay. But it's, and then at some point after you have created a team and you start to grow, your job doesn't, your job changes again. And this has probably happened somewhere around a hundred or $150,000 a month in revenue where your agency can probably run on its own. Like if you took a month off and your team's doing well, great. You know, your, you know, your agency may not grow, but it's not going to fall apart because you've got good teams and systems. And when you hit that point, a lot of people are like, Ooh, really bored. Don't know what to do. And they start causing trouble. Like they jump back into the work or they decide to start a course or they do some other thing. And that's, or, you know, or they open up, they open up an e-commerce store or they, you know, they decide that they're all in on crypto or whatever, you know? And so they, 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 they jump from the thing that is working because they don't have a mental model of what's next. So once you've got teams and systems in place, well, what happens? Well, what happens in order to get bigger, you actually have to install another layer of management. And so your job ceases to be creating teams and systems, but your your job then becomes focusing on training and growing managers who can create teams and systems. So every step along the way, you are abstracting further and further away from the work. But what's amazing is the further away you get from the work, you know, if you think about that, you know, being that right in front of the customer, like just, just behind the account manager is a fulcrum. And the further you are away from dealing with the customer on a day-to-day basis, the longer your lever is. So the greater your impact can be on your organization, the further you are away from the day-to-day work of your organization. And so, um, you know, uh, let's, regardless of how you feel about him, Elon Musk, you know, he's a little bit of a control freak, just a little bit, but, you know, he is, he's like, He's not pushing the button that says, you know, make a car, right? That's not his job. Yeah. His job is to think about money and team and regulations and opportunity and all of this other stuff that have actually nothing to do with getting a car off a production line. Mm. And the reason he's able to do all that stuff is because he realized like, oh, the value of me pushing the button that says make car is unbelievably low because to tell you the truth, if it's just pushing a button, he can't push it any better than anybody else. So those are things that are kind of outcome independent or, you know, mm-hmm. so it doesn't, it doesn't matter who pushes the button and the same thing's going to pop out the other side. Tim, we could talk for a very long time. We could. Unfortunately, we don't have a very long time today, but we've covered, I think some very important things. We've talked about the four W's. 
and how those are kind of foundational to setting the direction for an agency and really i think creating the context in which a lot of these kinds of systems that we've talked about that carry you through these sticking points can be built there needs to be a certain amount of definition to the business in order for it to be organized enough to support metrics and reporting and, and process and delegation right. and scaling of value in, a, in an organization. And then we've talked about the, the key sticking points that you see transitioning from a solo founder to basically a, a super freelancer into a business owner and building out a management team. So with all of that, if anyone wants to go deeper into your world, consume more of your content and learn more about what you do, where should they go look for you after today's episode? Uh, most of my content pops up on LinkedIn. So it's, uh, whatever, LinkedIn slash in slash Tim Kilroy. Uh, or you can find me at, uh, at Tim Kilroy.com. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not hard to find. I'm, you know, a little bit of an, <laughs> uh, you know, maybe it's a childhood trauma or something, but I love attention. So, you know, I, <laughs> I try not wherever you're listening to this uh we'll put links to tim's social and his website of course in the show notes so you can just scroll down and find more information about him with that tim i want to thank you so much for making time for us today this was a great conversation and hopefully we'll get to do this again sometime this was super fun thanks so much Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you've ever found yourself thinking, man, I get so much value from this podcast. I wish there was something I could do to return the favor. Well, today's your lucky day because you can leave us a review wherever you're listening to this. And it is incredibly helpful. Of course, if you haven't grabbed a free copy of the Agency Profit Toolkit, go and get that. It's got tons of free resources to help you improve your profitability. If you're looking to get in the fast lane and get help from experts to improve your profitability and measure your most important metrics, then apply for a consultation at parakeeto.com. We'd love to chat with you and figure out how we can help. With all of that, thank you so much for being a listener and we will see you on the next episode.